Today's daf is daf Ayn Tes. We're uh, at the bottom of Ayn Ches Amud Beis. So we're continuing discussing the halachas of Nichse uh, Malud. And um, the Mishnah brings down a following story. Uh, that there was a woman who had been married once before and had a child. And she had assets or properties that she was trying to conceal from her uh, new uh, uh, upcoming husband. Basically, she did not want him to fall to her husband because if it would fall to her husband, he'd be in- inherit them and be part of, become part of his estate. And she did not want them necessarily to become part of his estate. So what she did, what she was tr- trying to do, is to uh, sign them over to her daughter from the first marriage, but she didn't want to do it in a way that it was really giving it over to the daughter. She just wanted to make it seem like her daughter owned it, uh, but uh, uh, in fact she would retain ownership over it. Now, there is a difficult Rashi over here. The Tazrit says it's actually a mistake, it's a copyist error. <coughs> But Tosas actually asks the question on Rashi. Rashi says that she made it clear with Adim, she stipulated that I'm not really giving this as a gift. The star that I'm writing is really a, a fake. I don't mean to give it over, I really mean to retain it. So Tosas says that can't be what happened, because if Adim were told that that's the deal, then it's no question. Because what's going to end up happening, obviously, is that the marriage, the second marriage is going to terminate, she's going to come back and want her properties back, and the daughter's going to say, hey, you gave them to me. So if, in fact, there was stipulation made, then there's no question. So they say it's actually a mistake in the Tashrit, it can't be that there was a, an actual stipulation, because then there's nothing to discuss here. The question, as Tosa brings out, is that there is a concept on one hand of Dharam Shavalev and Amdvarim. Anything that has not been articulated, we don't deal with. On the other hand, sometimes you have what's called an Anansari, that it's so implicitly clear, even without stipulating it, everybody would understand that was the intent behind the gift. And that's the discussion <clears throat> How implicit, or or do we take the, the the implicit intent as intent, or since it wasn't stipulated, then you don't deal with it? So that's the way Tozer really explains it, and then we have to say that Rashi again, uh, it, it's a mistake because it's difficult to understand the Gemara the way Rashi seems to say. So he it so there was this woman, the boy Lavrachinohu, that wanted to uh, smuggle or to uh, conceal. Uh, uh, the nichsa, her assets, migavra, from her new husband. Kasvinu lebarto, so she wrote them over to her daughter, in Siva, and then she got married, and then, vigarsha, and she got divorced. So, asa kameid Rav Nachman, the case was brought to Rav Nachman, obviously, because the daughter is pulling out the star and saying, you know what, it's mine, you know, the, you know, the old age home is for you. That's, that's basically what's going on here. So, Karei Rav Nachman Lishtara. So, Rav Nachman tore up the star, which means, obviously, the, the, the Rav Nachman sided with the mother and basically said that the star is useless. Go get back your property. So, Azal Rav Anan Lekamei Demar Ukva. So, Rav Anan, who witnessed this, 
went to Mar Ukva. Rav Ukva was the Reish Galuso. Rav Ukva was the one in charge of empowering the Dayonim, giving them the authority to rule. And he felt that this was a gross injustice, so he went to complain to Mar Ukva. He says, Amar lechazi Mar Nachman <coughs> Take a look at Nachman, the farmer, the peasant, of his tearing up valid documents of the uh, of people. So Amar Izi So Marukva said, "Calm down." He says, first tell me now." Izi means now. Tell me now exactly what happened. The Chavetz Chaim goes into this in Hilchas Lashon Hara about when do you say, oh, I don't want to hear, or when do you say, well, let me hear what the details are in terms of, uh, of what happened over here. He makes a whole discussion over here tied to the Parsha, but anyway, that, that, uh, that you see under certain circumstances, it's not Lashon Hara, I want to hear, I want to be able to clarify what it is that you're saying he did wrong. So, Amale Hachi Vahachi Havei said, this is exactly what happened. <coughs> so, uh, so, so, Marukva said, well, that's Shtar Muvrachas. Ka Amar, you're talking about a Shtar Muvrachas, is a Shtar of concealment. And the Hachi Amar Abchani Loibar Idi Amar Shmuel, Moreharahura Ani, he said that I am authorized, I've been given the authority to rule. And, uh, uh, Shmuel said, and, im yavoy shtar mavrachas liyadi, and if such a star comes to my hands, akreeno, I will tear it up. So you see that Rav Nachman actually is conforming to what accepted halacha said by Rav Chanilai in the name of Shmuel is, and there's nothing wrong with what he did. So, amale ravale Rav Nachman. So Rav, who questioned Rav Nachman, he said as follows. So he said, Time am I, what's the reason? Why are you assuming that this star cannot stand alone as a valid star? Because he's saying we have to take the intent into account. He said, Time am I, to Loshavik Inish Because it's clear that a person would not leave himself penniless and give everything over. To, a, to, to someone else. means we don't need any stipulations written into the star. That would, that's self-evident. Why would somebody give everything over to one person and leave, uh, and, and leave himself without? And then, right, is that I, that the, you said that's the logic behind it. Right? So, he says, but that might be true when you're dealing with a strange, a stranger. You're dealing with somebody, why would he want to give that person leaving himself with insufficient funding? But in the case that we're dealing with, it wasn't a stranger. Is that right? Rab Nachman, Rab Shmuel, Shmuel might have said he's done by a stranger, but your case you had was Lebarta, was the daughter. By the daughter, it could, the argument could be made that the person intended to give it all over. Maybe they were thinking that the daughter would take care of them, or they have their affinity for their daughter, they weren't thinking that through the process, but there, Lechorah, there is, there is perhaps a distinction to be made. To avoid taxes, too. Right. So, Yahiva, maybe a person would give. So, says the Gemara, no. That Rav Nachman says, Even by the daughter, a person's uh, uh, self-preservation would still kick in and not leave themselves exposed, even by giving it all, by the child, that, that the assumption can be made that it was considered to be a star muvrachas and not considered to be a valid star. 
Meisivay, they want to ask the following question. If a woman wants to uh, conceal assets that she has, it seems to be that it wasn't considered to be something wrong. It's not considered wrong. But if a person wants to conceal assets, says the Brisa, from her husband, Kate said he owes so, what can she do? Now, Star Pasim Rashi says is the same kind of star that we call before Star Muvrachas. Pasim Rashi comes to of Pius. It's a star Piusim. It's a star that I'm 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 asking you to do me a favor. It's an appeasement. I'm appeasing you. Do this favor for me. I'll be part of the ruse with me. <coughs> That's what Rashi Gamliel says. So then you can write such a thing and it's valid. Chachamim Omrim. Chachamim say, you've got to be careful. If you just write a normal star, even if the party agreed with you that it's only a ruse, mitzachik bo, that person could be pulling a fast one over you. That person can basically find a go along, go along, and then when time comes, they're going to pull it out. You have to build something into the star, says the Chachamim, that is going to be protecting you. You have to write a line in there that this transaction is a valid transaction from today until the time that I say I agree. Meaning you're leaving a loophole in there, you're leaving a clause in there that it's only considered to be a valid transaction is if you at some time later will will agree to the transaction, which gives you, therefore, you have there a, 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 a lever. You have there a way of saying later on, I don't agree with it. And therefore, you can undermine. If you don't put that clause in, they say the Chachamim, then the star will not be dealt with as a false star. It will be dealt with as a valid star. <coughs> Sigmaris says, now, that's the kashas from the Chachamim. Time at the cost of Loachi. You'd see from this Brysa. It's only according to Rachamim if you put that clause in there. But if that clause wasn't put in there, then it's Mitzachikbo. Then we can say it's a valid star. The person has a right to claim the properties. We don't say that we go by the intimated intent that the, with that the, uh, intent of the person is taking into account. We go look at the wording of the star. Time with the Kazav Lahaki. Hello Kazav Lahaki. You wouldn't have written in it. So then kind of Noahi Lakeach, the purchaser or the recipient will have acquired it. It's a kasha on yeah, all the opinions before they could use a star of rachas. So Am Rabzeira lo kasha. So Rabzeira says is that there are moraim. They can't. And you go with chachamim. You go with chachamim usually the machlokas. So therefore he says like this. He says lo kasha. Habe kula habe miktoso. He says it also depends on the amount of the assets that were given over. He says, when do we say you have to write in that clause is only when part of the assets were given over, where the person still retains some of the assets for themselves. Where they retain some of the assets for themselves and they only give part of the assets, there's less reason to believe that this is not a, this is not, this is really a fake situation because you because you you did retain something for yourself. That's when the chachamim say that if you don't want the person to pull out that star on you, you better write in that clause. But if you gave everything over, when you give everything over, that itself <coughs> lends itself to the believability that the intent over here was. Not not a valid one, but it was just to be a, a, a muvrachas in order to conceal. So it really depends on how, if the person left something over, doesn't leave over. And that's, uh, the, uh, uh, so, the, so the more basically saying is like this. So therefore, when do we say shtar muvrachas 
even without any clause written in, is considered to be, a, that we don't consider to be a, a, an executable transaction, you can get it back. That's talking about where, where you gave over uh, and you left yourself with insufficient funds. But if you retained assets and only gave over a portion of your assets, then the Chachamim say, if you want to claim Shtar Muvrachas, you have to have put in a, uh, a, a terminology that allows you to nix the deal. Otherwise, it's not going to be able to, you're not going to, it's not going to fly. <coughs> What's that? Rabban Gamliel. Well, let's say, on the Gemara says, Ve'ilo kananoi, look, ilo kananoi. So one second. If, in fact, it is a conceal, considered to be a concealed star, a, a star of concealment, it's not considered to be a valid star, so if the purchaser or the recipient doesn't get it, so then it should shift over to the husband. How's it going to help in cases of, when, if it's not valid, then really who should own it? It should be the husband owns it. Right? So the ifor, ilokanin ilokeach, so nikinin ubal. So Mora says like this, we had yesterday a machlokus in the, in the, in the Mishnah. Rab Shimon basically made a distinction. He said that, uh, it says Rab Shimon cholok be nechosim. He says that not all nechosim automatically go over as nechsim alug. He said it makes a difference between whether they yuduin or ain't yuduin. And the way we came out, according to at least one shot, is that if the husband is not aware of him having rights to those assets, it makes it considered like Eina Yudim. And if it's Eina Yudim, then the Chachamim don't give him the right of Nixim Alug. So the point over here is that this ruse to create, that the, the person that we're doing, we're, this going to, the Torah actually shows us Aloha goes like Rav Shimon. It's going according to the opinion of Rav Shimon that as long as the husband thinks that it's a good star. So if the husband thinks it's a good star, he doesn't think that he has access to it. By him not thinking that he has access to it, it gives it a status of Einam Yudim. If it's Einam Yudim, even if really technically it was not a good transaction, in his mind it was not his, therefore the din of Nixon Muluk, it doesn't, he doesn't, it doesn't kick back to him. That's the one I'm saying. So I'm Rabbi, Yudim. We consider these like assets which are Einam Yudim, El that he's not aware of them, and it's Alibad of Shimon following the opinion of Rab Shimon. Now, let's continue. The, till now, we've dealt with Nixon Malug. Now, Nixon Malug, the classical case of Nixon Malug is that she brings in certain fields and she, the asset, uh, uh, it belongs to her. The Karen, the principal, belongs to her. And, however, any payros that develop or grow from that field, the husband takes. He gets the return on the investment. He keeps, he keeps those payros. Now, that's, cl- that's clear cut in cases where there's a land that was brought in, and there's payrolls that grow later. However, assets don't always take that form. And therefore, the question is going to be, what do you do in other circumstances? So, if what she inherited was not land, let's say she inherited money, right? So the husband, you know, he says, I, I know what to do with money, I got this stock, I got that stock, you know, no, no. The halacha is that the wife can demand, if you want to use the asset as nichse malug, you have to invest the money in real estate. The huachal payros, and then he's able to eat the payros. Let's say what happened was that she got an inheritance and the inheritance itself was payros. Meaning, $10,000 of apples and crates are left over from her grandfather. So the, the, the nechassim themselves are payros. So says the more like this, everybody agrees to the following. 
If it's peros atlushim in akarka, if they're no longer connected to the land, the peros are already packaged, they're ready, they're no, they're no longer connected to the land, then the peros is viewed as the principal. The peros is the karen. So what do you do? You will sell the peros, take that money, and invest in karka, and the subsequent peros from the karka will be the peros of the next look. But the, the value of the peros themselves is considered karen, which cannot be depleted by the husband. So therefore, yalakov and karka, who ochel peros? Now, what if the case is a little different? What if it's Peiros Amuchubar in the Karka? She inherited uh, fields, large uh, orange groves. And on the field themselves, there are unripe oranges. There are oranges that have not been picked yet. They're still attached and connected to the ground. So what Rab Meir's opinion is, Rab Meir holds, is that since they're connected to the Mechubal Karka, they still have a din of the Karka. They still consider it to be part of the principle of the Karka. So now the question is, uh, but anything that will grow subsequent to the beginning of the marriage, means when those payrolls start de- developing or ripening, that additional growth is considered payrolls that the husband can... Uh, but how do, what do you do? How do you calculate that? I mean, you can't come right now and say, okay, let's just cut the payrolls and she can, because you'll destroy the payrolls. So how do you calculate what's considered to be the new growth that belongs to the husband and what do you consider the, uh, the original growth that belongs to the Karen? Right? And how do you deal with it? So one says like this, so Amar of Meir, Shamin Oso Kamahiyofa Bepeiros. What we do right now is we bring appraisers in. Right now, and when they right when they're getting married, the status of the land right now, how much is it valued uh, with the attached payros? The Kamahiyofa below payros. And then we bring in uh, the value uh, and say, assuming that the trees were bare. That there were no payrolls, or there's no uh, uh, no grain attached to the ground. There's nothing attached to the ground. How much would the land be worth? Now, the difference between the two prices will give you the value of what? Will give you the value of what? Of what the payrolls today are worth. What the payrolls today are worth. That amount of money is part of the Karen of the Isha. Because I told you, what's attached to the ground belongs to the ground. It's considered part of the ground. So what you will do then, is that you will sell, or you will, it means, or even later on, you, let's say you, what you can do is, you can let the payrolls develop, sell the payrolls, and the portion of that difference that was attributed belongs to the Isha. And what will you do with the proceed of the portion? You have to reinvest it in Karka. Right? Everyone understand? That makes sense? You understand? No, so the One second, let me do it again. She got, she only the, anything the attached to the land at the time, she didn't only get payrolls. She got land with payrolls attached to them. The payrolls that are attached to them, according to Rav Meir, belong to the land, which means they're Karen. The subsequent growth of the payrolls is considered payrolls. Well, what do you do? How do you calculate? When you're one-third of the orange is yours, two-thirds of the orange is mine. How do we do that? So what the mayor says, have it evaluated right now at the time of the marriage. And then we ask the appraisers to it. What is the appraisal value with the payrolls attached? What's the appraisal value of the land without the payrolls being here? That difference gives you the value of the payrolls right now. That number you write down. 
So then you go ahead and you will harvest those oranges, and those oranges obviously now will fetch a much greater amount because they've already developed and ripened. That number that you wrote down is her portion of the Karen in the value of those oranges. And what do you do with those proceeds, that money? You reinvest that in land because that's considered Karen, that's not considered payros. That's what Rav Mayer holds you do. Clear? Okay. So let's see it inside. Yes, Adam? Yeah. Okay. So more like this. So says the Gemara as follows. So therefore, again, you see, you said, And that difference is what you use to reinvest in land. And and that land that you've reinvested in, from that the husband's allowed to eat the payros, because that's payros of the Karen. Now that's according to Rav Meir, because Rav Meir says the payros attached to the land have a din of Karen, they don't have a din of payros. Chachamim omrim hamuchuporim lekarka shelo hatlushim in akarka shelo. He says that they say as follows: If she would have inherited payros, I mean, and and before she got married, and when they got married, these payros already been separated from the ground, and they just in standalone payros, like we said in the beginning, everyone agrees that's considered Karen. But since there was a Karen, she got karka, even though these payros are attached. To the karka, and even that could be un- not completely ripe, and yet they still have a din of payros. They do not have a din of kar- of karka. They're considered to be. They're not considered to be karen, and therefore he is allowed to benefit from those oranges in their entirety, even from the portion that was already. So they disagreeing with the opinion of Rav Meir from before. So therefore, and that's all going in the case when it's tlushim in a karka. Only when it's tlushim in a karka do we say that then it's karen, you have to sell them and buy karka. But if they're mukhubarin la karka, so then you just let them continue growing and he will be able to harvest those payros in their entirety. Now, Rab Shimon is going to say something which sounds like what the Chachamim was saying. He's going to ask, when the house Rab Shimon different than the Chachamim? Rab Shimon says the following rule. He says, Rab Shimon Omer, Makam she kocha beknisoso. In a situation where, at the beginning of the marriage, if the husband has the upper hand, that same situation, then when she, when the marriage is terminated, when he divorces her, then she will have the upper hand in that same type of scenario. And in situations where that uh, he has, she has the upper hand, but, and not he, when they first get married, then Yafet Kocho, the same type of scenario when the marriage terminates, then he will have the upper hand and not her. So therefore, then Yafet Kocho, Kocho B'Yitziyosu. Kate, so what does that mean? Let's explain that. So it says like this, Peiros HaMechubarin LaKarka. If the, if the, if the Peiros are connected to the, to the ground, they're needed, they're, they're under, un, unripened yet, they're not, they're still not undeveloped, they need the ground. They're connected to the ground. If Shimon holds like the Chachamim, whose payros are those considered in the beginning of the marriage? His. They're considered payros, not Karen. So therefore, he is, so, so therefore it's Yafa Kocho. He has the upper hand at the beginning of the marriage. If the marriage terminates, 
uh, six months later. And when the marriage terminates, there's still payrolls connected to the karka. The same way as you give her the karka, not only you give her back the karka, you also give the payrolls that are connected. He doesn't have the rights to pay. So even though at the beginning of the marriage we gave him the rights to the payrolls connected to the ground, we don't give him the rights to the payrolls that are connected to the ground. So in the beginning of the marriage, it's upper hand, and the end, and, and at the end of the marriage, his, his, his position is weakened. The, and now the reverse is true too. If at the beginning of the marriage she brought in payros that have already been harvested, so he said harvested payros at the beginning of the land has a din of karka, has a din of karen, means it's hers, you invested in land. So therefore it's weakened his position. Let's say six months later they had just done a harvest and he divorced her. At that point, once it's already been disconnected for the ground, it already become payros, it's already his, and it doesn't go back with her. So therefore when he's at the disadvantage at the beginning of the marriage, he's at the advantage at the end of the marriage. So what I'm going to say that basically we want to know we're going to want to know what the difference between Rav Shimon and the Chachamim are because Rav Shimon is saying that if it's connected to the ground at the beginning of the marriage it's, it's, it's considered his which is exactly what the Chachamim said too. Alright. So that's what it says that uh, um, of Tlushin and those that have been disconnected from the land at the beginning of Nisoso at the beginning of the marriage Shalom that it's hers to invest in Karka but see also if it's been disconnected before they get divorced Shalom belongs to him. Alright, let's go weiter. Pshita. Let's say, the Mars is like this, let's say there is money to be invested here. She brought in a, a half a million dollars of estate, and there is an argument between the husband and the wife how that should be invested. Okay? The man says, or the woman says, the man, Ara. I want land, land which is, uh, which is that, that, that can be uh, a farmland, that, that, that can produce, and it has an, a capacity to continue producing. Uvati, and one of the other parties say, no, I want houses, even though houses are considered like karka, and I want rent. So what's better, rentals or, uh, or farmland? What is considered a better secured investment? So, Ara, everybody agrees that, that, that land is better than housing. Because housing, there's depreciation, and there's, uh, there's very little depreciation on farmable land. So, therefore, you go with the, 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 the position of investing in land is better than the position of investing in rentals. Right? Bati Vadikli. One party says, I want housing. And the other one wants Diklim. Diklim is a column. The column are palm trees. The palm trees, there is a payros aspect to it, right? On the other hand, the, 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 uh, a decal, the rate of depreciation that the decal can die is much greater than the depreciation on the housing. And therefore, Bati, then the, the, between the two parties, you go with the housing. Dikli the Ilni, the Kalim and other types of fruit trees. So you have palm trees on the one end, you've got other types of fruit trees on the other hand. Which one do you go with? Dickley. That uh, palm tree is considered a greater uh, secured investment that, uh, that, that doesn't depreciate the, uh, the Karen, the uh, principle that's better to go with. Alright? Ilni the Gufni. One party wants fruit trees, the other one wants vines, Kerems, uh, vineyards. Ilni. There you go again. The better investment is the fruit trees. Okay. Now, the way Raj explains it, based on the Gemara later on, this is really a new question over here. Here we have a question is that the, the, the woman uh, got a Yerusha 
of a uh, either an ibazardasa. An ibazardasa is a forest that was uh, the wood that, that the trees in the forest were. Uh, I saw. I looked it up. It looks sorb trees. But Rashi said what it means is trees that they don't have really any value in terms of their payrolls other than harvesting them for their wood. They're chopped for their wood, which is a really a depletable asset because at the end of the day, the only value is using it up is, is chopping it up. Right? And, and I guess it doesn't regenerate that well. Pira de Chavri, or if you have a Pira de Chavri, Pira de Chavri, there is a uh, pit that they use to, uh, to breed fish. Now again, it's like a fish pond. Now in both cases, there is a land underneath it. But the real value of the acid is not the land. The real value of the, va- the acid is either the trees on top of the, the land or the fish that are contained within the pond. And those are depletable acids. So how do we look at these items? Are these items payros or are they considered karka? If they're payros, the husband has the right to chop the trees down and use the wood. Or the husband has the right to the fish. If they're considered Karen, then he does not have the right to deplete it. So one says like this. So Amri Lot's a machlok, some say we view it as payroll, but Amri Lot Karna, and one says you look at it as Karen. Klala de Milsa, the rule, the general rule of this matter is as follows. Gizo machlif, if there's a regeneration of the trunk, literally, but means if there can be a regeneration of the item, <coughs> so then Piro, then the husband has a right to it and we can view it as payrolls. And Gizo Machlif, if the item that he uses is not a regenerating item, so then it's damaging the Karen, and then we have to look at it as Karno. Alright. Amrab Zayra, Amrab Oshi, Amrab Yana, Amrab Abba, Amrab Oshi, Amrab Yana. Very interesting question. Case is as follows. Excuse me. A woman, a woman, uh, 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 gets a Yerusha, gets married to a man, and th- she brings in a cow. Okay? Now, that cow for sure is Karen. You know, that cow's not Perry. That cow now gives birth to a baby, baby cow. Okay? So now, baby cow, the question is like this. So, baby cow is the product of mommy cow, and mommy cow was considered to be the Karen. How do we view baby cow? Now, why, what's the case happen? The case happens over here. The case over here is that somebody steals baby cow. Now, if somebody steals baby cow, and then he's caught, he's a ganav, and a ganav has to pay pishnayim, kefal. Who does he pay the kefal to? It's the vlad of the payros. It's the vlad of the cow. So do we say that he pays the, the, is it a, or is it, it's like, it's like the payros of the, of the, and therefore sure that, that it should go to the husband, or is there a reason to say that that would not be the case? So let's see it inside. So Agone, the person who steals, Vlad Behemus Malud, right? So Raji explains, it says, Vlad Behemus Malud, Shenafla la Behema Beyerusha, the Yolda. So this is right. So now do we say, on one hand, so so on one hand, do we say that since it is a peri, it's a, it's, it's like a, 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 a return of investment, it's not, de- it's not a depletion of the, of the asset itself, it's a, an addition. Okay. So we want to say it like this, the kefal is le'isha, 
And Rashi says, not to the husband. Now look at Rashi, says the, he says, Kasal Kadaik, the more assumes right now, the Kasavra ain't have Lados Peiri, Ella Keren. That the more assumes right now that why are these Chachamim ruling like this? Because we don't look at the offspring of the cow, which is the Keren. We don't look at, since it's the offspring, that's the Vlad. We don't look at it. We consider the offspring as part of the Keren as well. Why is that? So Raji says an interesting swar, which more is going to bring on. Because the, uh, that, that there is a possibility that the mother cow will die. Now if the mother cow will die, and you've used the peri, or the, the bottom one, then there's going to be no, there's going to be a complete depletion of the acid. So as a protection for the depletion of the, action, uh, of the acid, we look at the of the, the baby cow that comes from the mother cow as also part of the Karen to protect the woman and therefore it's considered her acid and she should get the cable. That's the Havamina. That's what the Gemara assumes in the, in the Havamina. So let's see it again. So Gemara says like this, The Isha is the one that gets the cable portion of the payment. Says Gemara, come on, who does this go like? We have an upcoming machlokas, and this ruling that we view the vlad of the uh, of the, uh, the the vlad nixemalug as keren and not 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 and not as peiri doesn't seem to fit either of the upcoming two upcoming tanoim that dis, that, that discuss the issue. The sign we learned in a brisa vlad behemus malug the vlad of a behemus malug our case lebal. So this, the first opinion says that the animal goes Lebal if it's a Shifcha. If it's a Vlad of a Shifcha means a Shifcha had a child. So then that Shifcha, the Lug, is Leisha. So we see what the, why is there a difference between the two we're going to say. That's, that's, that's the Tanakama. So Tanakama says, the Rabbanans say that the Vlad Behemoth Malug goes to the husband. The Vlad Shifcha's Malug goes to the, to, the, to the wife. Now, this clearly doesn't go like what we just ruled because we just said the Vlad Behemoth Malug, according to Chachamim, is considered the brother Achachamim say it, it, it goes to the man and and and, and we rule before that the kafel goes to the isha well if it goes to the man why should the kafel go to the isha that's the problem it can't be like the abonin what did Hanania ben Achai Yeshaya Hanania the brother of uh, Yeshaya says he says Amar that there's no distinction between the Vlad Shivchas Malug, it's the same as Vlad Behemoth Malug, and just the Vlad Behemoth Malug is Labal, the Vlad Shivchas Malug goes Labal. So therefore, like this, so how do we understand the ruling that the Kefal goes to the Isha in light of this Machlokas Tanoim, and it doesn't go like either, it seems not to go like either one of these two opinions. Says more like this, Afilu Kol, incorrect. Is that it could, it makes no difference. Whether you consider the Vlad Bahama Malug belonging to the husband, or whether you're belonging to the, to the wife, it really makes no, in, in, uh, 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 I'm sorry, in, in both opinions that they consider Vlad Bahama's Malug belonging to the husband, in both of these opinions could agree that the Kafel should still be given to the wife. Why is that? The one says like this, I'm going to read the wording, but we'll see it's not exactly what the wording is, means. He says, Debre call everyone agrees, Peira takinule rabbonon, Peira de Peira lotakinule rabbonon. That the Chachamim only assigned the Peiros Malug, but the Peiros of the Peiros, they did not assign him. Now what does that mean? So Tozer says that means like this, 
this. It doesn't mean, no, don't make the mistake and think that that means that let's say you have the Vlad Peres Malug, and now that Vlad has milk, so it's payer to payer. No, it doesn't mean that, of course, that's considered Peres Malug that the husband can get. What it means, it says, it says Tosos, it means those things that are byproducts that don't come from the actual thing of the animal itself. It's a byproduct of a benefit that is a side, a non-expected benefit to have been there. Kefal was not an expected benefit. Which means like this, that really the, the acid belongs to the woman. The Chachamim, in order for Shalom Bay's purposes, said is that we give the husband the usage of the acid for Paris purposes. But they only, but they still said that the real owner of it, it's only a usage right, it's a use of fruit to right, but the real owner of it, is really the wife. And therefore, a side, tangential, unexpected benefit that comes, goes to the owner, that'll go to the wife, will not go to the husband. That's what it means over here. What's that? The, the hus- as, as Peros Maluk, he can use it for its milk, he can use it for whatever he wants to use it as Peros, he can go ahead and Who use it. In terms of what? Who owns the blood? It's the animal. It's who wants to sell it. No, so, okay, so that'll be, I mean, in terms, that'll still be, that'll be a machlokas, if we worry about the mother dying, or not worried about the mother dying, that'll be that machlokas, but in terms of, that, but that machlokas has no bearing on an outside benefit that comes in. An outside benefit comes in, for sure belongs to the Isha. Even if you consider Vlad, Nechzemelug, that belongs to the husband, it's only in terms of his rights of usage, it's not his rights of getting outside benefits that come from it. That's what it means. Can you give me an example of that? Uh, uh, outside benefit you're referring to? Careful. Careful is the outside oh, benefit. Alright. So says like this. So says the Gemara now. Let's, uh, let's analyze that Machlokas. It goes back to what you guys were just asking. He says like this. Hananya says that the, the Vlad of the of the uh, of the of the Malug and the Vlad of the Shifcha have, uh, have the same status. Which means they said in both cases it belongs to the husband. Why do we say it belongs to the husband? Because we look at it, the fact that it's a vlad of an animal, it's peros, therefore they, he has complete rights of usage, complete rights of usage over it, making no difference between whether the mother was a shifcha or the mother was a cow, either way. I understand that obviously, he's not worried about the, 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 the death of the acid, because if you're worried about the death of the acid, then this should be there to secure the acid. We're not worried about that, it's an outside thing, we don't worry about it, we look at this peros, we don't look at it as karen. <laughs> I understand. But according to the Rabbanan, if you're not worried about Misa, then both cases, whether it's a vlad of an animal, a vlad of, a, of the Shivcha, if you're not worried about Misa, it should belong to the husband. And if you do worry about Misa, and this is to protect the acid, then in both cases you should say, it's Laisha. Why are they making a distinction between the vlad of the animal and the vlad of the Shivcha Smulug? Then you should say that all belongs to the Isha. And if you're not worried about Misa, then in both cases should belong to the Baal. So what's the difference? And when it says, Really, I'll tell you, we are concerned about Misa. But the difference is like this, and this is going to be an important point that the Chachamim are making. They say is that if there is residual value when the, when, when the acid dies, it's still considered that the Karen is in existence, even though it's not the same value. Obviously, if the animal dies, now all you have is its meat. I mean, all you have is its, is its, is its hide. 
and the meat you're going to sell to a guy or whatever it is, so you have much less value in it, but as long as there's some residual value, it's considered like the asset is protected to a certain level. We don't have to look at the vlad as part of the asset. But in the case of the shivcha, there's no residual value at all. The shivcha dies... You have no residual. Therefore, in that case, to secure the asset, we made the vlad as considered to be keren and not considered to be peros. Right? Everyone understand that Rachman is making that, uh, that, making that distinction. So, Rachananya is not worried about Misa. Not worried about Misa, the Vlad is never tied to the acid because it's considered Pedro, it's not considered Karen. Chachamim are considering the, uh, Misa into account. But the difference is, is there residual value in the mother? If there's residual value in the mother, you don't have to tie the Vlad as Karen, you can keep it as Pedro's. Moses is like this. Bashani Behema de Ika Ora, that the Hema is different because you still have the residual value of its skin, which you do not have in the case of the Shifcha. So Shmuel wanted to say that the halacha follows Hanania that we never worry about Misa. If you don't worry about Misa, therefore what? Therefore the husband gets it. In both cases, you don't have to worry about there being a residual value because you don't have to worry about Misa. Okay. Amar Rava, Amar Rav Nachman. Amar Even though Shmuel said the halacha is like Hanania, we don't worry about Misa. Moda Hanania... He said a very interesting thing. Let's say she gets divorced. And you have these animals that she brought from her, uh, 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 her husband's house. Let's say the case is going to be talking about specifically uh, Shivcha. Is that, let's say she brought these Shvachos from her father's household and they had babies. Okay, so even though Hananya uh, uh, ruled that who owns the Vlados, so who owns those babies, yeah. they belong to the husband. We do give the Isha the right, if she wants, to pay the money for the value of those Vlados in order to actually take the actual item itself. He cannot say to her, you know what? I'm ha- they're mine, you can't have them. She has a right to get them, even though they're considered like his, but she can purchase them and give them the value, the, the real value of it. Why do we allow her to do that? Because the Shvach Beis Aviyah, Shvach Beis Aviyah, it's the honor, it's the Tiferes, the covenant Tiferes of her father's household. <laughs> but these were the items that everyone looked at. Wow, look at the Nadunya, look at the, look at the wealth that the father brought, brought into the, uh, so those are the animals that are, di- uh, uh, those are the, the, the Shvachos that are identified as the wealth of her father's household. So you can say, I want those specific items back. I'm willing to pay for them, but we allow her the option of the right to pay, even according to Hananya. So he owns the Vlodos, but she has the right to buy back if she wants. According to Hananya, right, right. So I, which is, that's what we're saying. So I'm a robber, I'm a Rav Nachman. Let's say she, gave, she brought in a goat that he could use its milk. Or a a a, 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 a female goat, uh, a, a Rachel is a, is, a, is, a, is a ewe. It's called a ewe. Legizasa for the shearing of wool, betanagolis and chickens, lebeisasa for the eggs, bedekel and a palm tree peirosam, ochel v'holech achetichla keren. He can continue using these items until the uh, principle is no longer in existence. It's his right to use. So Amar of Nachman, Ailelo Glima, if she brought in a coat, all right, she brought the husband, she brought into the marriage a coat. Pirahavi, his right of usage to wear it 
is his. That's considered payros for his right. Obviously, he cannot go ahead and 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 and, and, and make it into a, into a, into a tent and cut into pieces. But but he's allowed to use it, even though his usage is contributing to the depletion of the acid, he has a right to use it. Have a peyrahavi, and if a mixer beyvazir adekalyo. Until it's get why? Because in both of these cases there is a residual value of the acid. There'll be something left that you could go ahead and, and use it for. Come on, says more. Whose opinion does this follow? Kiai Tana, like the following bright Tana. To Sanya, Hamelach vehachol. They used to make uh, in, the, in they used to till today they do it by in, in I think by the, uh, the 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 Dead Sea they have these ditches that they used to make, and the water used to wash in, and then the water, the tide would wash the water out. What would remain? Salt. So these salt mines, these salt ditches, they, uh, they, you own the land, but the main acid is the salt that's contained within it. Or chol, or they had sand pits, where they used to mine sand out of it. So she brought these items into the marriage, hareze <laughs> peros, it's considered to be payros because even if they get depleted, there's still the residual value of the land that's there. Pirishel Gafris, it's a, uh, a sulfur mine. Also, used to mine sulfur. Machporishel Trif is an, al- uh, an alum mine. Alum is, uh, was used for, uh, for, for detergents, for different types of things they used it for. So anyway, these items... Rav Meir Omer Kerem. Rav Meir says that you have to look at them as Keren because, uh, again, they get compl- he considers them depletion. There's a depletion of the ad- item. They don't re- replenish at all. And therefore, you, and, but the Rachamim Omerim Peros, they say that the place itself is still considered the Keren, the item inside it, even though it's completely depleted, but there is residual. Since there's, so the idea that we said before, that the, that the guy can use the coat, or the guy can use the, 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 the animals, because there's residual, goes the Rachamim, even though the residual is going to be valued as much or less, then the original value of the answer, it's enough to be considered, that's the Keren to let them, the usage be the payrolls. All right. Will Chumman agree when there's zero residuals? It, that would that would seem right. That that, that would seem <coughs> to be the case. Yes. Rav Shimon Omer Malkom Sheyafek Kocho. So Rav Shimon said that he made this rule. He said where he where it's attached to the ground when it comes in. So then he uh, then he gets the payrolls when it's attached to the ground when it goes out. He loses the payrolls and 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 the reverse where it's detached from the ground. He does not get it when it comes in. It's Karen. When it's detached from the ground, he does. So says the more, What is the difference between Rav Shimon and the Tanakama? The Tanakama agree, uh, agree with him because they disagreed with Rav Meir. Rav Meir said that attached payrolls are considered Karen. Chachavim said, no, attached payrolls is considered payrolls. Well, that's what Rav Shimon said. So where is the distinction between Rav Shimon and the Chachavim? Someone says, there is a distinction, not in the beginning, but in the end. In the second part of Rav Shimon's state, because when they're connected to the ground when there's a termination of the marriage because Rav Shimon said that these payrolls if they're connected to the ground since when you came into the marriage when they're connected to the ground they belong to the husband when, they, when they, uh, the marriage ends and they're connected to the ground he said they belonged, they belonged to the wife 
that's the point where they will disagree. Because according to, according to uh, the Chachamim, if, even though they're attached to the ground, but they already started being called payrolls, you would have to make a calculation that the value of what is attached to the ground, they would still hold, is considered payrolls, and the husband has a right to those payrolls that are attached to the ground. So that's going to be the point of Machlokas between Rav Shimon and Rachamim. Let's finish up to the next Mishnah. Let's say that what she inherited was elderly slaves and maidservants. Now their value is very limited over here because they're already elderly. So, okay, so you, you, you know, but they can bring you a cup of tea. But it's, uh, there's not much you can do with them. So So the husband has the right to say, listen, I don't want, you know, uh, we can turn the place into an old age home. We can sell these avodim and get whatever value, residual value we'll get, we'll buy land with it. And he can eat payros. No, you don't have a right to emphasize, the, uh, to, to insist that they get sold. Because again, this is what people say, look, he brought Avodim, the father brought Avodim into the, the father-in-law, must be a, a very hush of a guy, and if you have only money and you buy land, it will no longer be attributable to the Shver, and therefore that she can say, this is, my, this is the honor of my, my father's home, you do not have a right to sell it. Similar idea, but in this case we're not dealing with humans, we're dealing with, 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 with trees, with, olive, with, with vineyards and, and olive groves. So if they're old, the canem, again, there is the, 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 the payroll's value is very limited over here. So the husband says, let's sell them, whoever wants to buy them for firewood or whatever wants to do them with the money, we can buy land. And I'll eat the payrolls. Now, Rabbi Yehuda Omer, here Rabbi Yehuda argues, because it could be that Rabbi Gamaliel disagreed. He says, but only by people, you could say, Shvach Beisavia, not by olive trees. But Rabbi Yehuda says, even by the case of the olive groves and the vineyards, you could still say, Lo Simkor, she can demand they don't get sold. Mipnei Shehem Shvach Beisavia, because it's still, people can see, they'll remember, that's the olive grove my father brought. That's the olive grove, the vineyard that my father brought in. But once you sell it, you buy something else with it, it's lost, you lose that association. Amarav Kahana Amarav. Machloka Shinoflu Besada Shalah. He says this argument of whether you can tie in a Shvach Besavia, you can stop the sale or not, is if not only does she own the trees, but she also owns the land. So when you own the land, it's more attributable to the father. Aval Besada Shaina Shalah. But let's say the land doesn't belong to her. What only belongs to her is the actual old trees or old... So therefore, Divra called Timkar, Mishum Karna. Then everyone would agree that since there's no residual value at all, there's no land left over there because land doesn't belong to her, we don't have to make the inevitable. In a few years, why keep, sell it and buy land? Everyone agrees it can do that. So, muscular Rabbi Yosef, yes, I disagree with you, because it, we had a, uh, the, 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 the corollary case, the comparable case to it was the case of Avodim. And Shvachos. Now, Avadim and Shvachos is like a case where there's no karka. Because when they die, there's no residual. And they argued in that case as well. So don't tell me that when there's no residual, everyone agrees you can sell. It's not true. So when it says like this, the Chora, Maskevla, Rav Yosef, Hare Avadim and Shvachos, the Chis Sadish, Eina Shalotam, it's like a land, it's like a case where the trees don't belong, the land doesn't belong to her, and Plikin is still a Machlokos. Ela, Eid, Marachid, rather, let's restate it. If it was said, it was said as follows. 
Amar of Khan Amrav, Machlokas Besodish Aina Shalah. The Machlokas is Dafka where she doesn't own the land, and therefore there's a question where there's no residual, can she still say, I don't want you to sell it because it's Shrach Besavia? Aval Shalah. However, where she does own the land around the trees, then Divrea call, everyone will agree you don't have a right to sell it. Because there it's clearly the land is a that she Divrea call lo simkor There's a greater shvach beisavia where the land is surrounding it. It's associated for sure. There everybody agrees it's a good time of shvach beisavia because there is a residual that is clearly shvach beisavia. You don't have a right to go ahead and sell the land. Gentlemen, have a good. Day. So the husband wants to sell this this uh, 